So we are now more than halfway through Veganuary and we're going to be sharing some of our Veganuary tips, some new supermarket launches that we've discovered and of course our debacle of the week. Um, and then do not miss my chat with the incredible Dr. Michael Greger, author of best-selling book, How Not to Die and new book, How Not to Age. And yes, he's going to be sharing some tips, which I, for one, um, will definitely be <laughs> implementing. Oh, I, can't. I can't wait till he's dead. Yeah, I mean, you're younger than me, aren't you, MJ? I'm like 45 and it's, uh, yeah, the aging thing is getting real now. <laughs> Holly, I'm not that much younger than you. But yeah, well, I'm all about what can I take to make me feel and look younger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, so Veganuary, um, did you ever do Veganuary? Because I didn't. No, I didn't actually. But but obviously we have still been there in the first few months of being vegan and can kind of, I tried to get my head into how I felt then of like what I would panic with and what I would stress over for thinking yeah. about tips. It's quite overwhelming, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like you just get so used to kind of living and eating in a certain way after so many years, don't you? That you do have to sort of put yourself back in that place of like, so what did I struggle with? And, and did I find it hard or, you know, did I do it slowly? I, I just did it overnight. I just went vegan overnight after um, sort of learning about all the nutrition side of things. And it just all yeah. made sense. You get to some struggles. Did you have any... Did you have any moments where you just grabbed a sausage or? <laughs> <laughs> Why were you grabbing sausages? <laughs> I did have um, one sausage grab one night. Did yeah. you? <laughs> You've got to yeah. have a sausage grab now and again. Yeah, um, and then instantly regretted it. So yeah, lesson. <laughs> I weirdly, I want to sort of say, yeah, I struggled, but I didn't because I feel like the food was the food that I always wanted to eat but didn't know I always wanted to eat if you know what I mean yeah like I just sort of I don't know I never really enjoyed food that much and then as soon as I discovered like you know the colorful Buddha bowls and all that I was like oh my god this is food mm. so I didn't miss um things really I think and because I went vegan just as all the new products were coming out I think probably the one thing that I kind of missed was pizza because at the time oh, really? this was like five or six years ago um there weren't that many good pizzas mm. around whereas now there's so many isn't there yeah I remember um one of mine and Henry's first dates and I was very I was new to vegan and he was like let's order a pizza and I was like why would we order a pizza because all I ever knew was it was full of cheese and therefore yeah. what's the point and yeah. then he just ordered it. It was from Lucky Voice, the karaoke bar. And, he, and they came <laughs> with like, honestly, it was actually really good. Loads and loads of vegetables on it. And then since then, I thought, actually, pizza is okay without the cheese. Yes. But, yeah. Um, yeah I, do you know what you mean? Like, it depends how much you love cheese. Because a lot of people like pizza because of the big stringy cheesiness yeah. of it. So yeah. yeah, I could imagine missing that if you're a big cheese lover. Yeah, exactly. We've um, we've actually got two new team members on Vegan Food and Living and they are doing for January. Um, so shout out quickly to Jake and Debs who um, will actually be joining me next week to talk about how they've got on. But um, yeah, Jake has really, I think he, you know, 
is struggling missing cheese so I think if you if you do sort of put it on everything you're used to having cheesy things then yeah it's quite a hard one but there are that it's getting better isn't it the cheese is getting better slowly what if you make pizza now what do you use for cheese um I well I sometimes make a cashew cheese sauce and sort of blob it on (laughs) um sometimes what else do I use I mean I have experimented a little bit when during lockdown you know when you were getting loads of like takeaways because it was like you had to support your local business and you had nothing to spend your money on um we had Mm. there was a local pizza place and they did like a broccoli cream on theirs on the pizza the vegan pizza which was amazing so I tried to recreate that didn't go too well um I guess just yeah I mean I've tried all of them like the the more expensive ones are so much better, aren't they? Like the yeah. um, mozzarella, is it? I think. Um, what's the one from Waitrose? It's just it's just joined Waitrose. Palace Culture. No, oh, I love Palace Culture. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're, um, yeah, they're amazing. They've got a kimchi mm. cheese. Have you tried that one? No, I haven't. Oh, that mm. that one's in Waitrose, and that is really good. Maybe you should throw a, a, a vegan um, wine and cheese night and just try it all. Yes, that would be a great idea, actually, for anyone doing Veganuary, if you can afford it. <laughs> That's true. £12 a slice of cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are some of your tips then for anyone who's like, you know, three quarters of the way through Veganuary, maybe struggling a bit with, with some sticking mm. points. Maybe it's cheese, maybe it's sausage. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate and um, you know yeah. one thing that really helped me was have you heard of the app yumly yes I've heard of it I don't think I've got it though I, I feel like it's really underrated because not many people seem to know about it but it's um it's basically like a database of millions of recipes from all over the internet so it, you have delicious Viella on there um, Jamie Oliver BBC and what you do is you put in the settings what your dietary requirements are, so obviously vegan, dairy-free, whatever, even gluten-free, whatever it is, and then it will only show up recommendations from the internet of um, things that match your dietary, why can't I speak today, dietary requirements, (laughs) Um, and so it will show you like recommendations each day, but also you could type in, you could type in chili con carne, or chili, and then it will only come up with ones for your dietary requirements. Okay. It's great because it, it even shows it in like a really easy to read format with it all looks the same basically um but yeah just it's like anything you're looking for it will only show up things that would suit you and that's, that's just, really uh, handy honestly amazing I still use it now I'll have to try that I think maybe like a lot of people start by veganizing their sort of like you say like a chili those classic dishes mm. that everyone eats every week um, yeah. And I guess by now you might want to start to like experiment a bit more and, and mix things up a bit. What have you been cooking this week? Have you have you made anything that would be good for new vegans? Well, actually, because we had Dr. Gregor on the show, I tried his three bean chili. Nice. Have you tried anything from him? No, I don't think I have actually. Is that his cookbook? Uh, yeah, the How Not to Die cookbook. <laughs> no, um, I have. <laughs> I love the title of his book. I know. I always want to lend it to people, but I always feel like, yeah, it seems a bit heavy to lend. (laughs) (laughs) 
said like, here's this great book, How Not to Die. <laughs> not that I think you're <laughs> going like, to die soon, but... Yeah, <laughs> I'm not read. saying, you know... <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's what's in the chilli? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It, it's just full of like everything that's so good for you. It's, it's, it's right. sweet chilli. Um, I think there's cinnamon in there. Just like oh, lots nice. of um, antioxidants and it's just delicious. But at the same time, you feel really good afterwards. Not like a really heavy, heavy yeah. dinner. Uh, that but sounds also, good. And I, and I finished that night with um, his golden like turmeric latte. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was a celebration for having my Invisalign off because the little nodule bits on your teeth stain with turmeric. <laughs> so now I'm yeah. like, pour turmeric all over my body. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with yeah. turmeric in. Oh, so, no. Uh, so you couldn't have like scrambled tofu. That's one of my favorite breakfasts. Is it? Oh. Yeah. You, Love you scrambled can, tofu. But it just stains it a bit. However, the thing I realized which gets rid of the stain is Prosecco. Win win. <laughs> well, there you go. Scrambled yeah. tofu Scrambled with prosecco egg. for breakfast. There you go. Yeah, Lovely. <laughs> love it. Do you know what? I'm just a quick side so going off on a side tangent here quickly. Um, mm. I my friend is, and you know, we're all like mid forties, and she's um, it's, she's turning forty five in a couple of weeks, and she's arranged for us to go for a bottomless brunch. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm actually scared. It's like two hours. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of vegan options. It's at the Slug and Lettuce. Um, oh. <laughs> there's some, um, it's like a vegan breakfast and there's also a vegan burger to like line your stomach, but it's like two hours to basically yeah. drink as many cocktails or Prosecco as you can. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm too old for this. <laughs> no, you're not. Holly, it's so funny. I did a Slug and Lettuce bottomless brunch about a month ago. No, really? How bizarre. It's dangerous. Was it good? The burger. No. No, I think it's I think it's the corn burger. Is it the butter buttermilk chicken one? I think that's what they had. Oh, is it? It was okay. It was very basic. I think you're there for the booze, really. The booze and the and the giggles. Yeah, exactly. I know, but I, I do feel like I'm sort of going on a kind of, I don't know, 18 to 30 sort of <laughs> Hindu or something. I'm just like, oh no, help That's me. That's how you feel as well. Perhaps I'll avoid the burger then, go for the breakfast, but that looks very <laughs> carb focused as well, like toast, hash brown. <laughs> it's probably what you need though with, with two hours of drinking. Very true, very true. <laughs> what else have you been eating this week? Well, my husband made a cottage pie, which as regular listeners will know, and I have been told by um, various guests that I'm obviously not cooking it right, um, it, but he made a cottage pie and I'm just not a fan of that bland British food, like gravy. I mean, you know, I don't mind a roast dinner, but mm. yeah, the gravy and then the frozen veg in there and the, the um, potato, but the kids loved it. Everyone else loved it. But I find with vegan mince, he used vegan mince rather than lentils because... Um, mm. We've got a uh, a student living with us, a German student. She's doing Veganuary and she doesn't like lentils. So it's yeah. very difficult to keep everyone happy. But um, yeah, the vegan mince goes really soft and spongy, doesn't it, sometimes? Mm. It wasn't I'm not, great. I'm not Freaks me out a little bit. You could try mushrooms. 
yeah, that that would be a good shout. Although my son has now gone off mushrooms, so it oh, is no. an absolute minefield. I know it's ridiculous. At one point, I was cooking like three different meals and um, practically having a nervous breakdown because yeah. <laughs> the amount of dishes I you can't. use when you're cooking for that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, mushrooms or um, or some nice, you know, nice firm pui. Is it pui or poi? Pui mm, lentils. Pui lentils, yeah. Yeah, they give a really nice, meaty, slightly firm texture. Um, mm. The other thing I did was I did loaded fries for the kids. Oh. But I had, because I'm trying to be a bit healthier, um, I did a sweet potato jacket. So, so I loaded my sweet potato up with, um, I did like black beans, um, barbecue mushrooms, guacamole, coconut yogurt, like all that stuff, which was really good. And Lovely. then I did a, my daughter's, my daughter sent me a link to a Rachel Armour um, TikTok video and it was a noodle dish and it was delicious. It was like with like smashed cucumber, but oh my God, it was so garlicky. Do you feel like maybe us vegans like stink of garlic all the time? Because I feel <laughs> like I do. <laughs> I put a lot of garlic in, yeah. Um, yeah. Think, was it, did you put the right amount in or? I put less though. It was supposed to be three oh. cloves of garlic. So wow. maybe I'm just, I don't know, my garlic's particularly pungent. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Do you, do you feel like then we um, over flavor the vegetables to get more out of them than normal? Maybe. I, I just, I've, I've kind of seen it over the years as we celebrate the vegetables more by like decorating them with extra flavors. But not that it necessarily needs it, but it's just quite fun and tastes better. But yeah. I never thought we might be doing it too much. Yeah, yeah. We're, wow. we're getting carried away, guys. Let's t- <laughs> rain yeah, I mean, garlic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have had a few people tell me I always smell of garlic, so I'm getting a little wow. bit paranoid. I know. So but it's so good. I mean, especially like in things like pesto and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's good for you too. Exactly. Dr. Gregor would be proud. Yeah. See, I'm doing it for you, <laughs> Dr. Gregor, and for my body. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it is about getting that flavour in and texture, though, isn't it, with vegan cooking? Like, mm-hmm. you you know, you don't want to just, like, steam some veg and, and expect it to taste good because it won't necessarily taste much at all. Yeah. So I think you do need to get on all the condiments and the spices and the, I don't know, some mm. crunchy nuts, toasted nuts or seeds or things like that. But then don't you think that, that people do that with meat anyway? Like you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't really have a, a breast of chicken without any flavouring on it at all, would you? Very true. No, you wouldn't. You'd have a sauce with it mm. or something. Or garlic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a nice garlicky <laughs> sauce. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, what about um, new products then? Have you s- discovered any new Veganuary launches or just general things in the supermarkets? Well, first of all, I need to know where you got your mini eggs from, because yes. every time I see them, as in the dairy ones, I'm like, when are they going to do? <laughs> when I know. Vegan versions. So, I know. Oh my god, I can't believe they've done it. Where Where can you get them from? Yeah. So Do- Doisy and Dam, I think the company's oh, called, did okay. has ha- they have launched oh, right. some a few years ago, but these yeah. are new ones, um, and they're called Chicky Eggs by Mummy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Mummy Meeks. 
Mummy oh. Megs, Mummy Megs. Um, they're two seventy nine a bag, and they are they've nailed it. They've really kind of got that you know the crispy sugary shell, and then a nice chocolate sort of in inside. Um, I'm, do you know what we got sent them? So I'm not sure where where you can get them, but just Google them, Mummy M E E G Z, and I'll link to them in the show notes as well. Um, so excited but, for them. Yeah, I know. I used to love mini eggs. I was like addicted to them at one point when I was pregnant. <laughs> so it's like eating them for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is about about them. They just they're just so creamy inside as well, aren't they? Yeah, they're just yeah, mm. they're just very satisfying. Have you got a favourite chocolate? Oh, um, yeah. Do you know chocolate was always the like the hard thing for me turning vegan actually, um, but I feel like now. The lint one, um, the ha- is it like hazelnut, mm. it's a green packet. Mm. That's so good. And um, yes, Cadbury's I know. plant range as well. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah, Just that's that, a good one. I was always a galaxy gal, you know, the really creamy right. flavoured chocolates. And I feel like the hazelnut in vegan chocolate gives it that kind of creaminess. Yes, definitely. Two. I tried on the train yesterday um I was actually really happy they had it the vegan Kit Kat oh yes have you had that yeah you don't I have you don't find Mm. it very often do you no especially on a little carriage I I, I always just go no whenever whenever they ask you um, condiments is it condiments no refreshment I'm like no oh it's yeah I just spotted from down the aisle this vegan Kit Kat coming towards me, I was like, oh my God, yes, I will have it. And then after Stop! I it, yeah, me. And um, he uh, came over and I paid and I was like, sorry, how, how much was that? Excuse me. Um, two pounds. Oh, two right. pounds for Kit Kat. And then I, then I was like, how much is the normal one? One pound 20, Holly. <gasps> Outrageous. 80p more. Yeah, that is outrageous. It's, it's only a bit of like oat milk or soya milk or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably not oat. It's probably soya. Mm. <sighs> Why do you think sake. they do and charge that much more? I think it's supply and demand, isn't it? They they don't make so if they're churning out like zillions of normal Kit Kats mm. <laughs> um, with dairy then normal. they can make the process cheaper but yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to that I one again that might be it. yeah <laughs> yeah so mm. it's annoying but it's good that they had it I mean I they've stopped yeah. doing the um, refreshment carts on all the trains I've been on they just yeah. got rid of them all together probably because your carriage no. is full of vegans and no one's eating any of the food well there you go yes I think if that's they, true <laughs> vegan Kit Kat everyone would be buying everyone will be all over it be making a fortune (laughs) (laughs) well I um just quickly I found um a really good chocolate bar recently in the co-op and it's their own brand uh grow g-r-o yeah and again it's got that like good have you tried it so good it's um and it's not expensive I think it was like 179 for a big bar And it wasn't that stupidly thin, you know, like some of them are literally oh, yeah. like paper thin. And you're like, what? Like three quid for that. So cheeky. <laughs> yeah, so that's really good. It's got that hazelnut mm. paste in it. So it's really creamy and tastes like proper chocolate. Yeah. So yeah, definitely go and try oh, that one. Lovely. 
Have you tried? Um, sorry, one more chocolate thing, and then we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> about chocolate. You know, um, all the chocolate. The, oh god. Yeah, um, it's it's a co-op as well. The free from range, which I think always is a little bit off-putting. The idea of free from makes it feel like it wouldn't be as tasty. You know what I mean? Free but, from um, flavour. I know. Um, but it's the free from, and they're called like crispy squares. I think Holly. They right. are. They're they're kind of like they're not they're not um rocky roads, but it's kind of like that. They oh, are nice. honestly, I think one of the best little cake things I've ever had. Oh, I'd we'll eat a pack try a day when I was pregnant. It was really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so a quick bit of news. Um, you were telling me about the um, the UK's best vegan cities. Yes. So there's been new stats come out to let us know which are the most vegan cities in the UK. Amazing. What do you think is number one? I'm sure it used to be Bristol mm-hmm. or Brighton. Yeah, it's Brighton. I think it's been Brighton for a few years, hasn't it? Yeah. What were the other two? Well, I was surprised about number two. It's Manchester. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So Bristol's that... number three, but I thought right. Bristol would be higher up than that. Have you ever been to Manchester? Yeah, but not really. Oh, I, I did go to a few vegan restaurants. I've completely forgotten what they are now. I think maybe one's called like the allotment or something like that. But, um, oh, that yeah. rings a bell. Now thinking about it, looking on Happy Cow, it did look quite good. Mm. There's quite a lot of options. But I would never have thought that about Manchester. No. Maybe I know. we're like slipping I mean, down in London. Maybe the others are just getting even better. Yes. I think it's safe to say that um, my little town is never going to be on that map. <laughs> We've got all the chain restaurants, you know, like mm. um, ZZ's and Pizza Express. And it's good that they do vegan options. But yeah, we don't have anywhere like there's one place in um, Bristol called Kucha, Kucha Meze. And it's all like Persian mm. Meze. It's just incredible. And they don't, they don't. And this leads quite nicely onto our debacle of the week, actually. They don't shout about being vegan or plant based. It's just amazing food, Great. which I love. Yeah, agreed. And I think, yeah, I think that's kind of the future, isn't it? It doesn't need, you know, places won't need mm. to have a big, like, vegan, green vegan sign. It's like, no. it's just great food. Just come and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, I think if it's got a big V, or even, like, I won't say any brand names, but if brand names have V at the beginning, or Veg or Veg, it instantly puts people off, I think. Which is a real yeah. shame. Like, like, vegan, I know. like, Veggo bars. My friends yeah. are like, oh, I can't have that because I'm not vegan. You can have it. Yeah. <laughs> all people. You, you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So our debacle of the week actually is um, vegan versus plant-based. So um, there's been a lot of this in the press, hasn't there, about, you know, people are okay with the term plant-based. And um, speaking to Ella Mills last week, Deliciously Ella, um, although I don't think she likes being called Deliciously Ella. Ella Mills, founder of Deliciously Ella, um, okay. is less keen on the vegan term and likes the the term plant based. So, mm. I mean, you don't mind being called vegan, do you? No, not at all. No, I definitely am vegan. But I I have found over the years that plant based seems a lot more welcoming. Mm. It opens. Yeah. It seems to open the conversation more. Yeah, than definitely. Vegan. How do you feel? 
Yeah, I feel like I feel proud to be vegan and I mm. now, especially because of what I do, there's no avoiding the term, you know, people yeah. are like, what do you, what do, you do? Mm. Uh, I'm editor of a magazine, I host a podcast, wow, what's yeah. the magazine? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So some, sometimes you're like, I don't want to tell you because then it's going to be this long conversation and you're either going to judge me or ask me a million questions, which is lovely, but I just don't want to yeah. talk about it right now. <laughs> yeah so there's no getting away from it so yeah I do feel like a proud vegan but I definitely think that you know I mean I used to think vegans were pretty scary and extreme and Mm. you know out out on the street kind of showing you pictures of cows being murdered and stuff and it it yeah yeah, it does kind of weigh heavy doesn't it with Mm. with sort of connotations I think it really depends on who you're talking to and yeah I would say like depending on what situation I'm in, I would read them and feel like, are they open-minded or, you know, for example, my, like my Nana, I would say, oh, well, I'm plant-based because then she would eat the food. I'm Because it, it almost, it almost is just sounding like you're eating more vegetables. So I would yeah. ease her in, but then, yeah. like, <laughs> just, you know, give her Bam. all these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then show her the picture of the dead cow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd love to hear from everyone um, on how they feel about the terms. Because, I mean, a plant-based sort of, a lot of people feel like it sort of is water, muddying the waters or watering down the yeah. whole vegan message. So some people are really against um, plant-based. So please do get in touch. You can comment on our socials. You can send a lovely formal email to simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. And uh, we're going to try and set up a channel, aren't we? But we haven't quite worked out how to do it yet. <laughs> Mm, yeah a little dm channel so you can find yeah. questions and yeah. polls and stuff like that we'll try so keep your yeah. eyes we'll, on the stories and we can we'll pop, pop in the stories if we can do it brilliant okay we'll stay tuned for dr michael gregor and um, find out how you can prevent your not just your looks but your whole body um you know from aging and keep yourself strong and youthful um forever For many of our listeners, um, today's guests will need no introduction, but for all those new vegans out there, particularly with it being Veganuary, um, I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Dr. Michael Greger today. Hello, how are you? I am doing great. So excited to come to the UK. You are always so positive. It just fills me with joy. I love it. Uh, Well, you're a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, a physician, New York Times and Sunday Times bestselling author of How Not to Die, How Not to Diet and How Not to Age, which is out now or about to come out. It's totally out now. It's out now. It's out now. Brilliant. Um, And you're also an internationally recognized speaker on nutrition. And we are so blessed to have you on the podcast today. Um, Welcome to the show. Can I call you Michael? I feel like... Please. I wouldn't have it any other way. I feel like everyone refers to you as Dr. Michael Gregor. It's just kind of like, yeah, your full name. Yeah, but those aren't, yeah, but they aren't friends. We're all friends here now, are we? Okay, that's 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 amazing. Um, um, Michael, I have so many questions that we could sort of be here for about three hours, but don't worry, I'm going to restrain myself and stick to one subject. Um, Whip it out. (laughs) And that is your new book. I mean, it's a beast. I've got a copy here. Wow. I mean, look at that thickness. It's incredible. How on earth do you start writing a book like this? 
Oh, well, I, you know, uh, it was really to, uh, you know, just try to cut through kind of all the noise and nonsense, you know, it reminded me of my last book on weight loss, uh, you know, both dieting and anti-aging are multi-billion dollar industries and with so much money in the mix, anyone seeking even basic practical advice in either arena, living lighter or longer, is faced with just an inscrutable barrage of pills and potions. I mean, even as a physician with the luxury of wading, you know, deep through the medical journals, it's been a challenge to tease out, you know, facts from farce. And look, if it took me three years to sift through all the signs, well, you know, I'm afraid the casual observer would just have, you know, no chance. But the good news is that we have tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity, that the vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a healthy enough diet and lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, just kind of the, the you know, the footnotes at the end, they're sort of a big chunk of the book in themselves, aren't they? And that's what I love about your books. When I first went vegan and someone recommended How Not to Die, it was my Bible. I was carrying it around under my arm, kind of referencing things and looking stuff up. I'm like, oh, you have asthma. Hang on a minute. You know, well, cut out dairy. And it's, you know, it's that sort of book, isn't it, where you can just kind of like dip in and dip out and, and get so much information. Yeah, no, uh, specifically I wrote the book. I know it's monstrous, but you can, you know, switch to, you know, you can go to any chapter, preserving your bones, your vision, your ear, your hearing, your, you know, uh, your sex life, your whatever. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and skip around and it's in nice, you know, easily digestible little sections. Yeah. It's not really meant to be read kind of front to back. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we think about aging, you just mentioned sort of very, you know, numerous things there. I mean, when we think about aging, often we think about, you know, maybe our hair going gray or wrinkles, but it's, it's so much more than that, isn't it? Oh, I, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I talk about, uh, you know, going, I go through all the various organ systems um, to see what we can do to uh, uh, preserve our bones and bowels and, you know, uh, uh, hearing and circulation and hair and mind and joints and muscles and teeth and skin and vision, our dignity and death even. Um, I, so that's part three of the book. Uh, part one is I go through all the various aging pathways, what we can do to kind of slow the sands of time, um, which decreases risk of a variety of age related chronic diseases. Part number two, I go talk about the blue zones, right? These areas, um, uh, with the, um, longest living populations, what do they eat? How do they live? Three is the preserving section. And then four is the, you know, anti-aging eight, which gives kind of some actionable, uh, you know, checklist to accompany the daily dozen from how not to die. That sounds good. <laughs> like a checklist. <laughs> um, what are some of the most surprising things that you learned then? Because obviously, I mean, you've got a wealth of knowledge over the years about, you know, all these kind of things. But what were some of the things that... Oh, uh, look, I learn just as much writing from book than any than than anyone else. In fact, there are entire fields of medicine, entire fields of research that weren't even discovered by the time I graduated from medical school. Like I have this whole chapter on microRNAs, which challenges the central dogma of biology. We had to kind of throw out the textbook. But of course, I just learned the textbook. 
Um, and so I am entire, you know, senescence, the whole zombie cell thing that was completely new to me. Um, and so I, as I was going through it, I was just so excited to be able to share some of these insights. Um, I mean, some of the stuff was, you know, kind of common sense. A lot of the stuff was really kind of shocking. Uh, what I found on exercise and sleep and red wine and resveratrol and NAD supplements, vitamin D, protein restriction, fish, microRNAs, the list goes on and on. All really shocking to me. I went into the book with preconceived notions that I'd recommend this supplement or that supplement. And then it was like, oh, I'm certainly not recommending that supplement. But oh, all of a sudden I'm recommending something I've never even heard of before. Um, and that happens with all my books. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, they write like a best-selling book and then they just kind of regurgitate the book. They like write another book. So I'll just regurgitated fluff, lots of testimonials, half of its recipes, blah, blah, blah. That is not my MO, right? We got 13,000 citations in this. It's twice the amount of How Not to Die, which is almost twice as much in How Not to Die. Uh, we have an entire research team. We just uh, hired two new uh, nutrition PhDs to sift through the, the research. Um, and so each one of these is a major project. Next, I'm taking on cancer, um, which will be out 2027. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> You're thinking well ahead. I guess you have to with all that research. Um, are we being sold a lie then with things like you mentioned, you know, about supplements and things and anti-wrinkle creams? You know, is that simplifying it too much or is it, you know, would you kind of say it's a waste of your money? Oh, uh, so much of it is absolute garbage. They're just preying on people because um, people are willing to spend money, you know, with the promise of anti-aging or health. Um, uh, and that's why there's with so much money in the mix, there's just, you know, there's just, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, separate the, you know, the, 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 the emperor's clothing from, uh, uh, you know, uh, from, from what's actually factual. So that's why, I mean, that just made the endeavor all the more worthwhile. Uh, the fact that I myself was confused about all this stuff. Mm. Um, and so although the majority of supplements useless, the majority of skin creams useless, I did find some, you know, uh, really important exceptions like uh, nicotinamide, also known as niacinamide topically uh, as part of a skin cream, um, vitamin C, topical vitamin C. Um, but unfortunately, the type of vitamin C they use commercially is uh, doesn't actually work, but um, you can kind of make your own. Uh, and I also, so my recipes, ironically, it's not really for food, um, is for these kind of DIY, um, you know, skin creams and things to really, you know, d decrease the cost. Because thing, even the things that work are way blown out, over expensive. There's just no reason you have to spend that kind of money. Mm, yeah, I'm, I've just turned 45 and all my friends are kind of getting botox or having procedures done and fillers and it's not something i'd personally do but you do kind of look in the mirror every day you know as a middle-aged woman and kind of think uh what you know what can i do what should i be doing um i mean so much of it comes down to diet and lifestyle doesn't it so yeah tell us about that what are your main tips apart from the obvious yeah, in terms of kind of, you know, uh, protecting your skin from the inside out. And that's definitely uh, one of the main uh, main kind of takeaways um, from the book. Um, there's, I mean, there's lots of things we can do. Um, the single most important thing to protect our skin from the signs of aging is to protect your skin from sun damage, though ambient air pollution can also uh, uh, be a problem. In terms of diet, the carotenoid nutrients and certain colorful fruits and vegetables are deposited in the skin and give not only this kind of healthy glow uh, to both light and dark skin, but the nutrients and greens can improve 
uh, skin elasticity, uh, uh, collagen status, facial wrinkles, um, uh, perhaps due to this kind of inside out sunscreen effect that they have. Um, drinking extra water can decrease skin dryness and roughness. Honeybush tea can reduce eye wrinkles. Cocoa powder can uh, improve the thickness of the skin. Um, uh, almonds can reduce wrinkle severity. Uh, again, perhaps to, due to UV resistance. Ground flaxies can improve um, skin smoothness. Soy foods can improve skin elasticity. Um, and so, you know, I kind of go through all the kind of things that you can take in your diet, but a lot of it is about 90% um, among lighter people with lighter skin. 90% of the signs of skin aging really is uh, due to sun damage. So protecting your skin from the sun um, is really the most important thing. So uh, a daily uh, sunscreen. Um, and I talk about, uh, you know, I talk about all the procedures, the Botox, the fillers, the, the, the chemical peels and things. And with no judgment, I'm saying like, here's, you should just, you should have informed consent. Here's the risks. Here's the benefits. Here's how long they last. Here's the complication rates. And then look, it's your body, your choice. Go for it, right? People want to take drugs. People want to take chemo. People want to take anything. I just want people to not be sold a bill of goods. Um, and, you know, so for example, you know, I talk about the, um, the dangers of retinoids, like retinoic acid, all transretinoic acid. We sold this tretinoin, very common, really a gold standard in dermatology for reversing um, uh, sun damage. Um, very popular. Um, but there's really some concerning data. How And so concerning enough to me that I personally uh, would not uh, uh, do something like that. But look, I'm not an aging woman. And thanks to the patriarchy, <laughs> um, you know, there's tremendous pressure on, on women in this society to remain kind of eternally youthful. And so, you know, you may be able to, you know, read the same data and be like, you know, I, I understand there's this risk. Here's the quantifiable risk, but it, you know, makes my skin look this much better. And, you know, that, and that's, you know, and look, that's totally fine. That's the whole point. I'm not, I, you know, people think I'm like, you know, trying to, you know, push a certain diet on people or a certain lifestyle. No, I'm just saying, look here, we are responsible for the predictable consequences of our actions. Um, and so as a physician, what I can do is share with, uh, people, you know, what, uh, you know, what those consequences are. And then, um, uh, it's up to people to decide what to do about it. Mm. Well, you mentioned fish. It's one of those foods, isn't it? That a lot of people, you know, they sort of perhaps cut down on meat and, you know, give up dairy, but they're like, but fish is fish is good for you. Right. Did you ever sort of come across research that kind of goes against your, kind of instinct for it all being about a plant-based diet? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, in fact, a, a critical piece, I spend a lot of time, in fact, a lot of time I'm going to be spending in the talks. I'm giving two talks, uh, one at the Naturopathic College in London, also one at the How To Canopy. Um, and a lot of those talks are going to be talking, because I presume a lot of people in the audience are kind of sympathetic to this kind of diet. So I really want to emphasize uh, some you know, very important things to improve their diet. So for example, something that uh, vegans, vegetarians are not taking uh, into enough consideration is sodium. The worst thing about humanity's diet is neither animal nor vegetable, but mineral, um, uh, too much salt intake, particularly from these processed foods. Um, and so all these benefits ascribed to healthy plant-based diets, the underscore is unhealthy. Um, there's, uh, and so when you actually score people on unhealthy plant foods, so minimizing meat, eggs, dairy, but 
replacing those animal foods with, you know, chips and, you know, unhealthy, you know, deep fried foods and soda, you don't see the benefit mm. that, uh, that you would normally see cutting down not only you see the benefit by adding healthy plant foods. And so it's really kind of an open question how much of the benefit eating plant-based is actually eating the plants versus cutting out the animals. And so from a health standpoint, I'd much rather see pe people eat a healthy diet packed with fruits and vegetables, other healthy plant foods, but include meat, then have some junk food vegan who can't wait to get the next vegan donut um, and, uh, and is really going to suffer. Yeah. Um, health-wise because of it yeah I think it's a tricky one with Veganuary isn't it because I've got you know people around me um my my daughter's vegan um and I try to you know make her as healthy as possible but she's 17 you know she likes to have the McPlant burger from uh, right. from McDonald's and things right. like that um so and her boyfriend is giving Veganuary a go he's oh fantastic yeah I mean he's from the Caribbean he's never really he doesn't know anything about veganism at all ah um completely new to it so it's trying to sort of like yeah sort of educate him and support him in a way that's you know if you eat these foods you will probably succeed because you'll be fuller for longer you're not going to be like having all the spikes and the energy dips and you know and you're going to reap the rewards you're going to feel great right. rather than kind of like right. sluggish and everything else right and so and that and there's the sustainability piece if you're not feeling great are you going to really stick with it? Yeah. You know, now some people have some real kind of ethical drive for the environment, for animals or, you know, sustainability or world hunger or whatever. And no matter how bad they feel, they kind of stick with it. But I think for most people, you know, you know, they, you know, feeling good day to day, better digestion, better energy, less painful periods, kind of on down the list, all the benefits you get from eating a healthy uh, plant-based diet, you really going to miss out on some of the potential. And so, you know, a lot of my talk is going to be really maximizing, really exploiting the potential of healthy plant-based diets. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, I mean, I, understandably with Veganuary and all these wonderful campaigns, it's just like, look, people eat so horrible. If in the very least we can have people cut down on meat, I mean, you know, we should just be count our blessings. And okay, I 100% agree. But um, you know, and, you know, really basic, simple things like not smoking, not being obese, you know, walking a few minutes every day, eating, you know, a few servings of fruits and vegetables really gets, you know, could get us like, you know, 80% there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but really, um, so basic common sense, simple lifestyle behaviors really is the bulk of the benefit in terms of health and longevity. My books are really about the 20%. You know, the 15, 20%. Okay, you're doing the basics, right? But, you know, how can we really maximize it? How can we really feel the best we can? And you don't know how good you're going to feel until you give it a try. And so I encourage people to experiment um, with their own diets and uh, really kind of push the envelope as much as they can. Yeah. What What's your diet like? I'm really intrigued. Do you ever kind of like eat the, the vegan junk food or is that like... Something well, when I'm at home, when I'm at home, I have control over my diet. I eat very healthy. Unfortunately, like today, I'm heading off. This is actually my full-time speaking tour. Starts today, uh, six months, doing 100 cities. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, on the road, it's hard to eat healthy. I mean, eating out, you know, you can't get away from the from the salt and the oil and the added sugar and all the, you know, it's just, it's, it's very difficult. Um, but, you know, I try to do my best. And when I have enough time, 
Uh, you know, there's a wonderful, you know, uh, natural food store chain called Whole Foods here. They usually have a hot bar, a big salad bar. If I can find one, you know, close to the airport, close to the talk. Often I'm running from one talk to another, you know, doing multiple talks a day, sometimes in different cities. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just catch something on the, on, on the go. And I can certainly pack some food and that lasts me a, a little while, but, you know, eventually I'm running out. Um, and so, you know, not eating as healthy as I can, but it's really all about, you know, doing our best, yeah. you know, um, and not beating ourselves up. If you, you know, don't eat great one day, you just try to eat better the next. And it's really, it's, it doesn't matter what you eat in your birthdays, holidays, special occasions, it's the day-to-day -day stuff that really eats up. It's not what you eat next week or next month. It's like, what are you eating for the next few decades, right? And so you have to find things that are sustainable and delicious and affordable and that you really enjoy. Um, and so whatever time that takes to really establish that routine um, is worth it because, you know, the, then you can accrue the benefits long term. So if we catch you eating a burger in Burger King when you're in the UK, we'll uh, we'll cut you some slack. Oh, yeah. Well, I, there, there is no McPlant in McDonald's here. Oh, really? No, no. So Burger King has the Impossible Whopper. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I've never had I've never. I never even considered walking into yeah. McDonald's, but if I'm stuck and look, London has such amazing food, such amazing Indian food. I can't imagine, uh, no. but I'm stuck somewhere. I see the golden arches. <laughs> you can, you can blackmail me with some, with some grainy photos. Brilliant. Um, you talked about salt and something that struck me, um, just, you know, reading some of your book, I, I, I'm going to admit I haven't read the whole thing, but <laughs> hopefully you'll what, forgive me. A little me. light summer beach reading. What's the problem? <laughs> I will keep it by my bed and I will be reading it regularly. Nice. But it might take nice. me a while. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't realize that salt um, attributed to, contributed to inflammation. Number one dietary risk factor for death because it contributes to death from so many different causes, from kidney disease to heart disease to strokes to high blood pressure on down the list. Yes, and it increases. So you can improve asthma by decreasing sodium intake. You can wow. improve inflammatory arthritis by decreasing sodium intake. Um, uh, yeah, you know, people have people just have the sense, oh, it's a blood pressure thing. And so my blood pressure is fine. So I'm not going to worry about sodium. No, it has negative effects on all sorts of organ systems, even if your blood pressure is perfectly fine. Yeah. So that's a really important part of the book. And it's really hard to overemphasize that point. Mm. It's inflammation is sort of a buzzword, isn't it? You know, anti-inflammatory diets and things. Um, and obviously, you know, eating a plant-based diet is kind of a massive factor in that. Um, one thing that I watched recently was the new Netflix series. Um, oh, yes! Yeah, so that came out last week. Um, you Are What You Eat, a twin experiment. And I was like, there he is! Dr. Michael Gregor! Oh, you know, yeah. I saw myself in the trailer. Um, I am looking forward to being on some long flight with no Wi-Fi that I can, you know, and I can't get work done. I'll be able to watch it. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So it talks about blue zones. And I know you mentioned those oh, earlier. So um, what is it? What are blue zones for, for anyone who doesn't know? And what can we learn from them? Yeah. So blue zones are um, uh, the the areas around the world with the longest, healthiest living population. So with the highest percentage of centenarians, for example, based on studies of identical twins, only about 25% of the difference in our lifespans is determined by genetics. So what can we do over the majority, which we may have some control 
Um, and so that's why, you know, media, the media loves stories about hard living centenarians who attribute their longevity to some combination of, you know, lard, vodka and favorite brand of cigarette. <laughs> but the Blue Zones really answers the question, wait a second, how do the oldest and healthiest really eat and live? And more importantly, what do they all share in common in terms of the Venn diagram so we can offer it so we can offer us guidance and spoiler alert. Um, most of the uh, uh, um, uh, plant-based diet accounts for most of the benefit, although they have a, a number of other shared lifestyle behaviors. Um, and so they center their diets around whole plant foods and particularly um, legumes as a primary source of protein. So that's beans, split peas, chickpeas, and lentils. You got to do it like the Brits and have beans for breakfast. <laughs> Maybe not Heinz baked beans on toast, though. I'm not sure they're the best. <laughs> Full of sugar. Well, hey, it's better than you know. It's better than a fried egg or whatever. God. True bacon sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think us Brits can be um, set as good examples for <laughs> blue zones. I don't think we're a blue zone, are we at all? You are not a blue zone, no. but it's never too late. Yeah, right. Still, we can still turn things around, guys. Right. Look, you can you you can make your household a blue zone. You can make your family a blue zone, even if the people around you are still not treating themselves well. Yeah. What about, um, so the Mediterranean has blue zones, doesn't it? And obviously, oh, yeah. you think of the Mediterranean, they have a lot of olive oil. Do you, you know, do you personally kind of use olive oil in your diet a lot? Is it so two of the two of the blue zones, um, uh, two of the five are in Mediterranean. Um, but I mean, the, the, the characteristic of the, the Mediterranean diet that's most associated with longevity is their vegetable consumption. They're eating lots of vegetables. And the reason why olive oil consumption has been associated with improved longevity is what are they putting the olive oil on? They're not just uh, like pouring it on white pasta. They're pouring, if you ever, if you go to the, the Greek Isles, it's on the greens. Dark green leafy vegetables um, are kind of, you know, are these oily. So the oil is associated with vegetable consumption. Um, and so, uh, and so it's difficult to kind of tease that out epidemiolo epidemiologically. There have been interventional trials where you switch somebody from refined olive oil to extra virgin olive oil and you can see benefits. So there are benefits to those polyphenols in the olives, but I encourage people to get all their macronutrients, their fat, their protein, their carbohydrates from whole plant foods. So take something like a walnut, you remove all the fiber, all the minerals, um, and you're left with walnut oil, right? It has a few fat-soluble nutrients, a little vitamin E, but you've wasted all that nutrition. Better to eat whole food sources of fat like nuts and seeds and avocados. So that's really the best way to get our fat. Okay. So no, I don't use any oil, them, uh, any oil in my cooking. Or okay, brilliant. No salt yeah. and oil. Right. Yeah, it's one of those um, contentious issues, isn't it, amongst vegans? It's like olive oil is good for you if you don't if you don't heat it up, and then others are like, no, 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 no oil. <laughs> well, I mean, so olive oil is good for you compared to meat and dairy fat. I mean, so that was really, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's how olive oil was viewed by Ansel Keys, who really kind of zeroed in on the Mediterranean diet, uh, was that you know everywhere else they were cooking in lard and tallow and butter. Mm -hmm. Um, but here was this population that instead was using plant fats and saw benefits because of it. But it wasn't because olive oil is good for you, only it's because you avoided all those other animal fats, which are highly saturated. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we can really have the, the best of both worlds by getting yeah. whole food sources of fat. Amazing. It's been so nice to chat to you. How would you summarize? I mean, I know, you know, it's a very complex issue, isn't it? And we've got obviously lots of people doing for January, perhaps like, you know, just dipping into veganism a little bit and 
they could be they could feel quite overwhelmed by all the you know the tr- nutritional advice like you say there's so many resources out there now that give conflicting information what would you what advice would you give and how would you sort of summarize just you know well i think the important thing so so if you look at the conclusion of the book it's really about taking a step back um and realizing again it's really the common sense simple lifestyle behaviors really can mean living you know a decade longer or not and it's never too late it's never too late to start eating healthier it's never too late to stop smoking never too late to start moving we really do have the power and so that's really the kind of hopeful message i want to um leave people with um and of course, there's only one diet that's been shown to reverse our leading cause of death. The number one cause of death of British men and women is heart disease. Um, and the only diet that's been able to, sh- to reverse um, the course of the disease in the majority of patients is a diet centered around whole plant food. So look, if that's all a plant-based diet can do, reverse the number one killer of men and women, I mean, shouldn't that kind of be the default diet to prove otherwise? <laughs> And the fact that it can also be so effective in preventing, arresting, reversing other leading killers like type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure would seem to make the case for plant-based eating simply overwhelming. Yeah. And and just kind of doing what you can. If you can't do it 100%, just, you know, just... Ah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Anything is better than nothing. Yes. Thank you so much. Are you at Vegan Camp Out this summer? I am in yes. July. I'm looking forward to it. It's my first time. Yes, same. I haven't been before, which is crazy. Oh, so. well, I'll see you there. Yeah, we will all see you there. We're really excited to um, listen to you talk. And thank Wonderful. you for joining us. I'm looking forward to it. Keep up the good work. Wow, what an amazing advocate for veganism. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on your platform of choice. We will love you forever if you do. And also don't forget you can try and issue a Vegan Food and Living magazine at veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast for just 99p. See you next week.